following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I want to get right to our text this morning, but I, on our way by, I want us to stop and look at an umbrella verse that we're using for the month. Uh, out of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. can turn to it if you like, but we're not going to spend a lot of time there. Uh, There it is right there. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit from Jerusalem. Oh, what translation is that? (laughs) To Ikeem. Oh, oh, that's the, from Jerusalem is the next, that's not part of the verse, that's the subject matter for the next section. That's why I didn't recognize it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, period. (laughs) You and I need to be in a place of hope. I'm thankful for the prophetic words we heard this morning because the reality is that we should be a people of hope. We should be a people who have an inner peace. And we should be a people who have an inner joy. And sometimes we don't. And um, I want to address that this morning. So I would like you to turn in your Bible to the text for this morning. Remembering that we are functioning under the umbrella of this verse. To First uh, Peter chapter 5. And... And beginning at verse 5, the Apostle Peter is writing to a people who are scattered by persecution. You remember that God had told them to preach the gospel everywhere, and it seems like they kind of weren't doing it much. So God came, allowed some persecution to come in Jerusalem that just caused the seed to be scattered. How many of you know God is really good at that? He's good at getting things done that he wants done. Even if we're not real uh, eager to do it. And so Peter is writing to a people who are in in the battle. He thinks in in one place, he says, uh, Think it not strange, the fiery trial that's trying you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But in verse uh, 5 through verse 11, and I want to read it, and then we just want to walk through it. He gives us an understanding, and I believe it's a good picture of where we're at today in the church, and in, this, in our realm, in our world, in our nation, in our cities, in our communities. He has just exhorted the shepherds of the flock to, to uh, shepherd the flock willingly, and then he says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you. Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced 
by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter makes it very clear that they're in a battle. And we need to know that the day in which we're living in, it is a time of war. And we are in a battle, and the adversary is very, very busy. It says in one place that we are not ignorant of his devices. And we need to be aware uh, that we have an adversary, and that he is warring against us. And we need to be a people that know how to resist him. And Peter tells us how to do it. I do want to say this. I want you to notice, he said, understand my vernacular, but he says, resist the devil and understand this. This is going on around the world. Sometimes we can feel like, oh, we're just being picked on. No, you ain't being picked on. The devil's picking on everybody everywhere. One of the, we need to be a little bit careful as Americans that we don't feel like America's being picked on. Hey, it's way bigger than America. In fact, Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And we need to understand that the attack that we're experiencing in this nation in this day is not against America as much as it is against the God in whom we trust. And there is an attack against anything that stands for that which is righteous, that which is pure, that which is... Uh, God itself anchored in good, healthy values. The family is under attack. Our children are under attack. Their education and what, what is being pushed that they should be taught is under attack. Gender identity is under attack. Our critic, you know, there's the whole critical race theory. There's so much going on, but we need to understand that it's more about the God that we serve and that this nation is founded on than the nation itself. Although they want to break that connection. But we can't take it personal. It's not personal, it's spiritual. If we take it personal, we get ourselves in trouble. I believe we're living in a day when God is resisting the proud. It was in our text. God resists the proud. And the secret, the secret for you and I in this day is to become a people of humility. In fact... I, I, I'm going to walk us through what I believe the scripture we just read says. Things we must do before we resist the devil. And the first thing we must do is we must become a person of humility. We must be humble. I see so many people fighting the battle from a place of pride. And, it's very, and that's the very thing God is resisting. And we need to be careful that in our day, we do not pick up the spirit of the world in our opposition to the world. And so step one, we must become a people of humility. 
Because if we cannot become a person of humility, we cannot do the next thing the scripture tells us to do. The reality is that you and I, and I feel it, I see it. I felt it this morning. I know Debbie did, I could tell. When we started worship this morning, she spoke into it a little bit, prophesied into it a little bit. We can, we got to be careful we don't come to church with a heaviness on us. He says, he tells us what to do with our cares. And how many of you know that there are cares that can come upon us? And that word, it really means anxiety. In fact, anxieties. And so there's, it's like this cloak of cares that can come upon us. And here, we make a mistake. We assume we just have to cast it off. And the trouble is, you cast it off and it comes back on. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say cast it off. Don't cast off your anxiety. Don't cast off your fear. Cast it on. Cast it on to the Lord, it says. Put it where it belongs. Tell it where to go. If you've got cares, we cast them onto the Lord. That's the purpose of the cross of Jesus Christ. And here, here, listen to me. I don't want an applause. I want you to listen to me. When we do that, there's a divine exchange that takes place. And it's the only way I know to get this divine exchange. And we know it well when it comes to sin. We know that if we cast our sin on God, He gives us His righteousness. But we need to understand that there's a divine exchange. The whole Christian experience is a constant divine exchange. That's why this scripture, it's really, really relevant right now, or this truth, but it's relevant all the time. Because he is always doing a new thing. Because he is always, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, willing to exchange something I have for something he has. So I can give him my ashes and he gives me his beauty beauty for ashes and he'll give me his oil of joy if I'll give him not, not, not try to get rid of no no don't cast it off cast it on to God why because it gives it a divine exchange he gets what I had and now I got what he is it's the secret to the Christian life, brothers and sisters. You put on, the, he gives us the garment of praise if we'll give, us, give him our heaviness. He'll give us his peace if we give him our anxiety. He'll give us his hope if we give him our despair. But don't get into a silly game with the devil of trying to uh, push it away. Don't push it away. Get rid of it. Give it to God. Then the battle is not yours. It's his. This works. Remember our opening scripture says this hope gives us a joy and a peace. And I know no other way to get it in these days but from God, so that it's not my hope, it's His. 
See, God doesn't give away hope. God is hope. God doesn't give away joy. He is joy. He doesn't give away peace. He is peace. He's the Prince of Peace. So we need the person of God, not what the person of God can give us. And so we enter into a divine exchange. So we throw off. It, it, it literally means to throw upon. Just like I put that thing up there. That's, what it, that's the, the picture in the original language. To set something off and onto. So give him your cares. Give him your anxiety. I think many people are mourning in these, these days. Concerning what they see happening in their nation, in their world, in their life. Give it away. Can I just say this? Mourning sucks. It's not a place to live. Give it away. If you don't, you won't be able to do the next step. Be sober. That means be self-controlled. That doesn't mean... Self in control, it, it's, the word, it's the fruit of the Spirit, which is the self nature under the control of the Spirit. To be sober is to be under the influence of the Spirit. Capital S. I see so many in this day and there's no self-control. There's no governor on the mouth or on the keyboard or whatever. Whatever medium is being used to communicate. We must be a people who are self-controlled. Remember, we're preparing to resist the devil. But to resist... I, I don't know how many of you... Where's Peter and Paul? Are they, oh, of course, you're serving. I should have known that. They're up in the booth. Tell me if this is true, and I don't, I'm just guessing. If it's not true, tell me it is to help prove my point. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you're both trained in the martial art. I bet I'm keeping you busy on the camera, aren't I? Oh, oh I could have some fun. <laughs> no. Do they teach you when you come against an opponent never to come angry? Is that, a, is that a principle? I didn't know that, except I had a feeling it might be. It just makes sense. Maybe because you see it in the movies. The good guy just intimidates the bad guy till he gets so angry, he kind of loses control. And we can be like that if we don't become sober. If we don't become self-controlled. If we don't monitor our mouth and our, our communications. If we're just not careful. I see so many people communicating just... Stuff that we can do better. Second thing we're encouraged to do is to be vigilant. That means be watchful. How many of you hunt? How many of you sat in a deer stand before? That's watching. But how many of you know you not only are using your eyes, but sometimes even more so, you're using your ears. 
Many times you will hear what you're looking for before you see it. We need, to be, we need to have our eyes open and our ears open to hear. But what are we going to listen to? I believe it's good to watch a little bit of news. I believe it's good to be informed. But I want to suggest the best source of really good hearing and seeing is the good news. We must be watch, watchful, we must be vigilant, we must be sober. Because our adversary goes about like a roaring lion. I personally don't think he is one. He starts out in the garden as a serpent, and I think he reigns that way all through history. I know he ends up in the book of Revelations as, as a dragon, but you do know dragons aren't real, right? And I believe he does go about like a roaring lion trying to intimidate and trying to imitate the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he goes about and all he can do with his roar is espouse lies. And then the exhortation of the scripture is, with this understanding, okay, now resist him. It says in one place, resist him and he'll flee. Hi-ya! How was that, Paul and Peter? <laughs> Resist him. How? Steadfast in the faith. Remain steadfast in the faith. Now that doesn't mean we don't do anything. That doesn't mean we don't do a hiya somewhere in, along the line. But we need to understand that it comes from a posture of faith. It comes from a place of being self-controlled. It comes from a place of humility. And it comes from a place of being vigilant and watchful. And it comes from a place of realizing that that roaring lion is really just a hissing serpent. And he's a liar. If you don't hear anything else I say, this just came to me, so I think it may be important. If you don't hear anything else I say, understand this. One of the tricks of the adversary is to plant into our thought process seed thoughts that aren't even ours and then get us to take ownership of them so they are ours. Be very careful of what you listen to. Be very, I mean, the, even your own thoughts and your own... You know, you can have an emotion that is, um, I want to say, uh, demonically spirit-stirred in you that isn't really you. You can have a thought that, that if you just would stop, settle, be sober, be vigilant, 
oh my goodness, that's not even my thought. That is not even my thought. I find that a lot in this day. It's like I'm off on some tangent inside, just like, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That is not even me. We need to be watchful, and we need to be wise. We need to be careful that in the process of resisting the devil, that we don't become more devil-focused than we are God-focused. I appreciate, oh, it's up there. Awesome. What? You guys got awesome timing. I'm just going to say, I appreciate the uh, graphics that Dan Peters put. Don't you appreciate Dan? He, he, he does all our graphic design for us. And I appreciate this graphic because the reality is we can get our eyes so on this storm that we take our eyes off the lighthouse. We take the, our eye off the mark, off the place we're headed. The Lord gave me a prophetic picture, an understanding of a prophetic picture of a ship in a storm. I mean, a big, huge, the old-fashioned, huge sailing, oaring ships in a storm. And it wasn't a little storm. It was a big storm. And there were some in the crew that were tending the sails. There were some in the crew that were tending the rudder. There were some in the crews who were tending the oars. There were some in the crew who were attending the village pumps. There were some in the crew who was taking care of the sick and the wounded. There were some in the crew who were feeding the crew, who were fighting the storm. And there were some in the crew that were on the bow of the ship and up in the crow's nest watching for hazards. And I was made aware, and it, it reminded me of the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul says, we all have many gifts or many functions, but we're, and we're not all doing the same thing. And we can't say one to another, if you're not doing what I'm doing, you are not part of the body. The hand can't say to the foot, because you're not a hand, you're part of the body. Nor can the foot say, because I'm not a hand, I guess I'm not part of the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? And here's my exhortation to you. I have a concern in this day that we don't fall into the trap that the world is functioning right now where everybody is telling everybody what they should be doing. Be careful of voices that tell you what you should do, including this one. Now I'm going to tell you what you should do. <laughs> you should do one thing. You should do what these on the ship are doing. One thing. And that is listen to the voice of the captain. Be careful of voices that are doing something and say you should be doing this too. Now that may be true and that's fine. But you check in with headquarters. There is such a, such a tendency in this day to allow the spirit of the world into the church. 
The spirit of the world is into name calling and criticism and that cannot take place in the church. Be careful. I'm sounding an alarm this morning. Be careful that we do not misrepresent the spirit of the God that we serve. The spirit of the world is into control and manipulation that has no place in the church. Beware of controlling and manipulating voices outside the church or inside the church. The spirit of the world is functioning so much in pride and arrogance. Be careful. That has no place in the church. The world and the spirit of the world is functioning so much in doom and gloom right now. Be careful. That has no place in the church. Why? Because of the prophetic declarations that we heard this morning. Our hope is in God. My hope is not in a political system, it's not in a financial system, it's not in a scientific system, it's not in a medical system, it's not in any other system other than that which God plugs me into. I am of the personal of opinion that the lion of the tribe of Judah is about to roar. And we must be postured with a right heart and with a right spirit. We must be listening to our captain. You and I, first and foremost, are called to be obedient. I want to encourage you again, do not take the assault that is going on around the earth from our adversary personal. <laughs> By that I mean it's way bigger than you. It's even way bigger than this church. We need to understand the real target of it all is God. And who do you think is going to win? Just letting it sink in. I want to encourage us to be very deliberate in our entering into the divine exchange constantly. If you're like me, you need to daily exchange that which you're carrying for what he's carrying. There's no doubt we are in a battle. And we all got to um, know from the captain of the ship himself what part we ought to be playing in that battle.
What do you think is more important, being at the rudder of the ship or the sail? It's kind of a silly question. What's more important, being at the oars or pumping the water out that's getting into the boat? What's more important, taking care of the sick and wounded or feeding the workers? It's all important. I want to break off of anybody in this room who has a guilt that comes from man that they're not doing what they should be doing. Peace, be still. Can we go back to that Romans chapter 15 scripture? This is my prayer for you this morning. I'm going to end this sermon in just a minute. We're going to pray for somebody who is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Do you know what that word means, abound? More than enough. By the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that many of, some of you are in tough situations, in decisions, in your careers and your jobs and all, all kinds of things. And I don't want to diminish the reality of the battle we're in, but I do want to enlarge our perception of the God who's in the battle with us. I suspect some of you have some difficult decisions possibly coming up about various aspects of your life. My prayer for you is that you will move forward under the umbrella of the God of hope. Not a God that gives hope, but a God who is hope. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.